This moss is even less osmotic than I thought it would be. So thrilling. Yeah, okay, let's hurry it up. Nothing good ever comes from a cave mission. I like a good cave. The flat floors, the weird smell. <sighs> Cavey. What? They're always full of creepy creatures, and sometimes you get stuck under rubble. It feels like a third of all our missions are in caves. Come on. They're so peaceful and quiet and just the right amount of moist. Away, team. Get out of there. We're detecting tremors. All types trying to get a signal. Yes, so peaceful. Stupid cave mission. Hello, and welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Carnegie. With me, stuck in a cave, is. Emily Bowen Marler. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the eighth episode of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks Caves. And as usual, make sure to follow us on social media if you don't already. Our social media handle is at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, threads. Tell your friends about the podcast and make sure to go over to Apple Podcasts, hit that five star button. Helps us appear just a little bit higher in search lists when people search for Star Trek podcasts to listen to. And before we go any further, we have to make sure that you know that there are going to be spoilers in this episode of the episode that we are about to discuss. And there will probably be spoilers of other episodes of Star Trek because there may have been a few callbacks to some previous episodes of Star Trek in this episode of Star Trek. All right. Well, uh, today, as Emily mentioned, we're going to be talking about the, well, as Emily mentioned before, we're talking about the eighth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It's called Caves. First aired on the 19th of October, 2023. It was written by Ben Rogers and directed by Megan Lloyd. And this week's Memory Alpha summary is even shorter than last week's. The Lower Deckers go on a classic cave mission. I think they should have said classic cave caper, and then they could have had a complete alliteration. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been clever. I think it would have been clever. <laughs> All right. Well, we always start with our strange new takes. And Emily, do you have a strange new take to share? My suck. Like, I, they have a right to live and everything, but when they live in a part of your house, and they're not supposed to live in a part of your house, it's very inconvenient. Did you say we, mites? Mice, mice, ah. M-I-C-E. Yeah, okay. we have, we, we suspected <clears throat> that we had mice in our garage, but we weren't that worried about it because it was our garage. Uh-huh. And then I just, for, I just didn't think that I could have immediately called our pest control people and had them come take care of it because they don't charge extra to do that, you know, like... They come do, if there's anything that happens in between service, they come and take care of it for you. Um, And I just didn't think about it, but we were letting our, we were letting our cat out there hoping she would take care of it for us. Mm. And then I started noticing I was seeing lots of little mouse poops and I was like, ah, this is probably a bigger problem than I realized. So I cleaned up one side of the garage, found one mouse. So Hermione took care of one mouse. She doesn't eat them. She just plays with them to death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they, them. they do end up <laughs> dead, which is good. <laughs> they do end up dead because she we had mice in our other house. Actually, now we had mice in this house once too. But and she's she's taken helped us 
take care of them, but she doesn't like eat them or bring us trophies of them. She just, you know, <laughs> she just scares them and torments them. But oh mm-hmm. my gosh. But anyway, so I discovered it was a bigger mess than I thought. And now I'm, I finally did call pest control, but I was cleaning the other side because we had mulch. Oh my God. I think they were like nesting in the mulch. I saw one that seemed rather big. <laughs> it's like, oh my oh, God. No. So now I just feel gross. And I stopped cleaning because I was like, I don't want to take away everything that mm. they have to, you know, sleep in or nest in because I don't want them moving into my house. <laughs> so, so I stopped cleaning. I was like, I'll just leave it there. I still took away most of their stuff. So we'll see. But the pest control is coming on Monday. That's a long, nice. strange new take. But ugh, I just had to share because that's what I spend a chunk of my day doing today. <laughs> so, <sighs> And my I- strange new take for this episode is I just thought it was hilarious that the entrance to every single cave was exactly the same. <laughs> I just thought that yeah. was very funny. So I was easily amused watching this episode. Totally, totally. Well, uh, my strange new take is that it's kind of weird how sometimes um, hotel rooms have like a complete, like even within the same chain, they can have like a huge variation in the size of the room. And there mm. definitely comes a point at which like the room is too big where you're <laughs> like, my luggage is now too far away from like, like one of the nice things in a hotel room is like your luggage and everything is like within a six foot radius of yourself at all times. Mm. And it's kind of annoying when you get to a situation where the hotel's like, okay, now you have to like walk pretty far to go get something. Cause like my whole luggage situation is, organized so like if i need anything while i'm sleeping like a chapstick or something just reach into the back yeah (laughs) no longer apparently this one hotel is staying at so rooms can get too big everyone they can um do you go to the same places over and over or do you go to okay yeah anyway depends on the city depends on the city and and the rates how much they fluctuate in said city for this episode um i thought it's always i think it's always funny when we get like the reverse clip show where it's like a clip show but it's stuff we've not seen before community did it really well and now star trek has so here we go um with that let's jump in and basically this is uh, you you mentioned you alluded to or mentioned it before and i think we've also talked about in previous like postulated that this episode in our previous episodes we've said that it was gonna probably be making fun of the um whole star trek caves thing how they keep having cave episodes this voyager is especially guilty of this yeah uh where you they'd walk through the same cave set between like tng and enterprise it was the same cave set every single time and something bad always happened they never Mm -hmm. went into a cave and it was like everything is great Right. There's always there's always like something falling from the ceiling of the cave or, you know, some sort of seismic activity or <laughs> yeah, or some creature, some scary creature is in the cave or all of the above. <clears throat> yeah. And like, oh, the, actually, like one of the first caves that I think I can't remember if season one of those another first cave, but one of the caves that they went into actually killed one of their like bridge officers, which um if you remember, was it was it Basics Part One where the Kazon take over the ship, uh-huh. and one of the bridge officers, who's the um, the guy who used to like sometimes take over at security for Tuvok, right. right, dies in the cave. Yep. 
Uh, and it was some creature, right? It was a creature that killed him. Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. When they got left on the planet, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so it's it's kind of funny that in this episode, uh, like, they, they, they check off the trope, right? Like, the first thing right. had caved in. There's no radio communications. There's, like, a scary sentient creature that they weren't expecting. It's all... And, and the situation keeps getting worse over time. Right. Right. Well, I also love, like, was it the first, one of the first lines in the episode? I feel like I've been in this cave a hundred times, you know? So they just let us know right from the beginning what they were going to be doing in this episode. But then I just felt like every, every bit of story that unfolded felt like it was just more icing on the cake. Like, like you knew it was going to be that setup, but then they just kept doing it again and again, but in fun, clever ways, I thought. I didn't think it got old. Yeah, yeah, of course, and, and I mean, I mean the, Mariner got old, but yeah, uh, no. <laughs> that was that was, but but that's the, the other thing, right? Like in every one of these little stories, they had a little like cool little Star Trek twist. It's like yeah. they took in my when I used to do sketch comedies, we used to have this thing called scramble sketches, where sometimes when we wrote sketches, everybody would laugh at like a couple of jokes, but the whole sketch itself didn't work. So we were like, we'll just take these jokes that work Mm -hmm. and we'll just put them all together and just do like little scenes quickly. And I think that's what this was. Like you can't maybe make an entire story out of Donna and Rutherford raising like a clone baby, but it's good for five minutes. Right, right. Well, and I also thought it was cool. Well, I mean, with the exception of Tendi's story, but they were all um, flashbacks to like recent they were all recent cave experiences that they'd had because they were all junior junior grade lieutenants in the episodes so um you know like they so it was it was further showing them in their new role rather than just having them you know doing flashbacks to back when they were ensigns because i'm pretty sure yeah i think i think boimler was also who was boimler in the cave with oh yeah with with yeah yeah so conspiracy um, guy Right, right. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of fun, too, because we did get to see them in a command kind of situation. Yeah. And I mean, this is uh, the other thing we got to mention is we've talked about how they've been like pairing off and doing beard things. But now we also saw that like this episode at the beginning, they're like, oh, we're getting an old school. Like we're back together. We haven't paired up so much. Like it's very self-aware commentary at the beginning of this episode as well. Yes. I also, oh, I did like the line when Boimler says, look, a bunch of rocks always trump centuries of technological advancement. <laughs> right? Exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> no, it is very, very self-aware yep. uh, call outs during this episode from top to bottom. Yeah. And I mean, right down to the sentient moss, like, yep. <laughs> you know, we've had some pretty silly like cave aliens uh, in the past. And this one is definitely kind of fits into that mold. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this whole episode was kind of like a wink and a nod. And but we did learn like a few kind of cool new things about our cast. Number one, Boimler. We also see him kind of standing up for himself in a way that I don't, especially to a senior officer that we haven't really seen him do before. Right. Mm -hmm. And we also saw like Mariner getting along with Delta Shift, like going out of her way to kind of get to know junior officers and like do the shift swap thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, and that shows uh, that definitely shows growth for the Mariner character, which is something we haven't seen in the last few episodes because she's been pushing back against her um, promotion. And it's been a little bit 
tiresome, I think. Um, because yeah. it just seems like the same old thing over and over and over again with Mariner. And it would be nice to see some sort of change with that. And this episode kind of felt like they gave us that a little bit. Um, just with the way she was interacting with the Delta shift and, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, there was just a lot of like kind of good vibes in that mm-hmm. way. Like I expected, especially the Delta Ship one started with such crankiness, but it was pretty great. Right, right, it was. Well, and I kind of liked how they were all slightly off versions of Beta Shift. You know, like on the the four people that were on, was it four of them or three of them that were on Delta? I think it was four of them that were on. The, the four, oh. I think, in the original episode but there were three in this okay ship. three in this one but anyway but they all kind of felt like slightly off versions of what of mariner's friends you know <laughs> so i thought mm-hmm. that was funny too yeah yeah totally totally i mean uh interestingly uh, lieutenant asif the kind of boimler lookalike mm-hmm. is actually played by a comedian asif ali who seems oh, yeah. to have south asian descent of some sort i haven't looked up quite to see which uh nationality or ethnicity specifically but uh pretty neat he was i think the only like true guest actor in this episode because like you're saying you know most of the other uh characters are played by oh actually zach sherry was played amadou art artemis pebdani played caravitus so the um, yeah it was it was the um the delta shift people were were yeah. the, okay. the guest stars. Paul right, Shear right. as Billups technically, but I kind of think of him as recurring cast of this Right, movie. no, for sure, for sure. But I mean, like we talked, I think this was before we were recording, but Don Lewis was doing some of the voices. Right, And right. Fred Tat- is Tatashore, Tatashori. Let's um, go with it. Yeah. Anyway, he was doing, he did Levy, right? Was it Levy? Mm-hmm. Levy, yeah. Levy. Um, But yeah, his conspiracy theories. And I, I loved when he said, uh, he made the comment about, you know, how he just he was just on a couple of subspace ports. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I did love that they basically called out the fact that maybe the whole warp destroys subspace thing, which came up in TNG. In the Basically, the environmental episode of TNG uh-huh. might have been a conspiracy theory. Like people don't <laughs> believe it. It's pretty funny. Um, also, have you are you familiar with the Vendorians? No. So the Vendorians are actually an animated series. Uh, oh. And we've seen one in in Lower Decks before in the episode Envoys where they take that Klingon envoy down to and they have that big bar fight. There's a Vendorian dressed as a Vendorian yeah. shapeshifter. Is that the one that has the Ferengi in it? At when the very Mariners end. With her... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah Kemp. Um, I remember. Yeah, so the Vendorians in the animated series did a kind of a, a brief i think single episode uh appearance okay and so kind of again it's lower decks kind of bringing back a long forgotten alien from mm-hmm. trek past and i, I it's really funny that like levy's like oh this is the vendorians and barmiller spending the whole time being like no way is this vendorian and then you realize oh actually it is and, and they all were like the and then the current cave they were in was also <laughs> exactly right? it's all a morality test and like <laughs> right right <laughs> um i i did it was interesting that they went back to the very first episode of the show mhm right yeah with the uh, Turbo Love story? Yeah, exactly. 
with the with the with Tendi's final story that that was yeah. kind of where they went and they showed them kind of getting along and doing the little puppy pile at the end. Right. And I'm trying to remember how much of that did we that was all new stuff though, right? That we saw or was was any of it like the, mm-hmm. I know the setting was the first episode, but do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like they actually pulled anything from the first episode for that, right? Um I don't think so. This was probably just like, I think it was just like. Gave us more context of what happened in that episode. Exactly. Than, I yeah. mean, it, I think the scene that they started that story with is basically like they, they repeated a few lines from the very yeah, end about the yeah. Chidich and stuff. Yeah. But no, I so. thought that was nice. And it was, I, I mean, it just ended up being a, a reestablishment or kind of a reminder of what good friends they are and. And how much they mean to one another. And it was nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think it also is worth making the point that this episode was essentially just kind of like a little bit of a character developmental, like kind of break in between the serious plots that are probably coming for the final two episodes of the season, where mm-hmm. you would expect that whole like ongoing plot of the episode to be done. Um, I wonder if they're going to just resolve it next episode or wait till the final one or we get yeah, two episodes full of it. I hope so. Someone I read someone called this episode a palate cleanser between um, the mm-hmm. big storyline, you know, we, what we had last week with all of the AI and then what we know is to come just because they've been teasing this storyline with the um, that mysterious ship, you know. Yeah, so that exactly. was a, kind of a nice way to to describe the episode. Well, this is one of the nice things of only having 10 episodes a season, right? Like, right. we don't need to wait so long for the whole, like, like we don't need to wait. Uh, how many episodes of Discovery have in season three? In season three, was it Like, 13? to find out. Because I was, like, finding out what the burn was took so right. long. And then, like. And then it was so dissatisfying. Yeah, I was. I like Discovery it. more than the rest of you, but I was very dissatisfied with that storyline. It was love. It oh was love gosh. all along. Oh yeah, yeah, that might have been the biggest. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to find a better way to say blue balls, but I don't think there <laughs> is a situation that Star Trek has ever given. I was, I was, that was bad. It was real yeah. bad. <laughs> oh but uh, yeah, so. Anyway, that's not what we had in this episode. This episode, no. I think, came came together quite nicely, especially the heartwarming ending where they're like, no, I'll let them reminisce for a little bit longer. Right. Which, you know, it's always, like, kind of nice when someone at work or something is like, it's it's okay. Take take a, let, Let's let the team kind of roll with their happiness right. for a little bit before something crazy happens. Right. Any other points from this episode, Emily, that you were thinking about? I don't. I don't think so. I think we pretty much hit them all. I just thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, basic, right? Like, it wasn't, like, a crazy, like, we didn't, like, but it's just kind of weird, right? Like, when we first started Lower Decks reviews, we were like, wow, Lower Decks packs so much into so little time. Like, the pace of the show was frenetic. Yes. And now, I I don't think the pace has necessarily slowed down in terms of the, the, like, the on-screen like moment-to-moment cinematography mm-hmm. but certainly it's not they're not like inundating us with like see information it's not they don't it doesn't seem like they have quite as many lists of things like it felt like before they were trying to get lists of as many references 
packing as many references into an episode as possible. And I feel like they do that with a little more finesse now than they did in the first season. Yeah, totally, totally. I think it's just a little bit kind of easier to process these episodes rather than mm -hmm. like being like, crap, I need to go to memory alpha every 10 seconds. <laughs> to like look up what they reference. Our ears have gotten acclimated to it <laughs> and our brains have gotten acclimated to this feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, let's let's do ratings real quick. Emily, would you like to stick your neck out? Should I go first? What do you think? I can go first. I'd give this a four out of five. I think it was a solid episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I have no complaints. I mean, it wasn't like big stakes. And I think that's OK. I think not everything in the world needs to be big stakes all the time, you know, so that, I enjoyed that, it. That broken leg was the only like objectionable thing. <laughs> that was a little. <laughs> right, right. That was right, a little right. rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seven out of ten for me. Same reason. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Perfectly serviceable episode of Lower Decks. Well, Emily, uh, short and sweet, 21 minutes here from hey. two of us. Uh, wow. Always appreciate having this chance to talk Star Trek with you, even if it's sometimes on a Friday evening. Yeah. Hey, and I keep yawning. Sorry about that. It's my bedtime. This is ridiculous that it's my bedtime, but you know. That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. We all get older and I am right. I, I fall asleep at nine o'clock these days as well. So yep. it's all yep. good. <laughs> um, Bill, Adam, Rudy, hope you all are having a great time. And Reed, hope you all are having a yes. great time wherever it is, whatever it is you all are doing. And um, also thank you to your listener for making time for us in your week. Also wanted to thank Jishnu Guha for recording our theme music. Thank you for strumming away at the Klingon theme for us all those years ago when we first started recording this podcast. And uh, finally, special thanks this week to whoever made the first cave. <laughs> Probably the Big Bang, some atom somewhere like was like, let's make a cave. So, and now we've got a great episode out of it. It's a fantastic. All right, everybody, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.